Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sense Pants Radio, Australia's dumbest podcast network. Hello, fan fiction fans, and welcome to another episode of Dear Harry Slash Spock, the podcast where comedians read out their original fan fiction for your listening pleasure. My name is Ellen Waddell, and for those who don't know what fan fiction is, it's fiction by fans. It's pretty much cleared that one up for you. No more explanations needed. So you can write fan fiction uh, about maybe the Avengers, or you can write fan fiction about someone who already exists, like Kevin McLeod from Grand Designs. You can even combine them, like Kevin McLeod following Tony Stark as he rebuilds Avengers HQ, but then stupidly tries to project manage the whole thing himself. Oh, Tony, you idiot. We all know you're going to be stuck outside in that temporary caravan for another 12 months. All the stories you're about to hear are from our live show. And we recently did a live stream on Twitch where we showed lots of comedians amazing fan fiction videos. And then we made the audience decide what the best nerdy baby name was. We settled on Egon. Oh, and as a bonus, we also raised £700 for North London Food Bank Sufferer. But don't worry if you missed it, you can re-watch it on YouTube and also find out more information about all the fun stuff we got up to by just following us on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. It's basically slash Dear Harry Spock on everything. Coming up, we have stories from Robot Wars, Star Trek, Batman Begins and Pokemon Red. Let's start off with a man the Guardian call Weirdly Heartwarming. Giving us a surprisingly saucy take on Robot Wars, it's actor, writer and comedian David McIver. Ah, oh, thank you very much. Thanks very much. <clears throat> oh, thank you so much. Uh, I've decided to write about my favourite robot-fighting-based TV show. <laughs> robot Wars. Uh, <laughs> Oh, well, we have some fans in. That's good. Uh, does anybody not know what Robot Wars is? Good. <laughs> I'll go crack on. Um, in case there isn't, how would you describe um, the robot Hypnodisc? <laughs> Sorry, it's, I'm, I am putting you on the spot. Uh, a man uh, psychedelic wheel with... <laughs> <laughs> a mad psychedelic wheel with spikes in it. Does anyone got a more better... Description? How would you? If someone's never seen Hypnodisc, well, you've seen Hypnodisc, haven't you? Doesn't matter. Exactly. There you go. He's got it. Um, how would you describe Chaos Two? No, Hypnodisc is the spinning disc. 
Chaos 2 is like a, a printer that fl- you will get we'll crack into it I think <laughs> this is called uh, Make Love Not Robot Wars <laughs> it was the year 2044 and the 30th series of Robot Wars was in full swing Hypnodisc was up against Chaos 2 in the grand final, because even though this Robot Wars was set 24 years in the future, it still contains all the old robots from 2001. <laughs> Likewise, an 80-year-old Craig Charles was back in the commentary booth, stuffed into a rigid leather jacket, his aged body powered by nothing but a profound love of robot carnage, and a Twilight Years relapse back into crack cocaine. <laughs> It's true, it's true. The crowd were going wild inside the BBC studios, which were now owned by the Sky Amazon Netflix conglomerate. Not only were the 300-strong audience pleased to be sheltered from the acid rain, they were also ambivalent about Robot Wars. Inside the battle arena, Hypnodisc came out strong, landing a hard blow to Chaos 2 with its big spinning disc sending Chaos 2 spinning away like a big spinning disc. (laughs) Chaos 2 came back on the attack by flipping Hypnodisc six inches into the air before it landed on its wheels with a thud. Dangerous. (laughs) The house robots patrolled the perimeter of the ring like threatening steel linesmen. The crowd were watching, but were also scrolling Twitter, Instagram and Facebook on their phones, which were incorporated permanently into their field of vision through government-mandated contact lenses so they could check for updates about the ongoing climate riots. And to be honest, once you've seen military robots uh, murder your eldest family members for political dissidents, it becomes hard to really support robots. I got really into what life would be like in 2044. Most of it, not relevant. (laughs) Hypnodisc and Chaos 2 continued to go at it, spinning and flipping respectively, tussling for victory in this robot war, when all of a sudden they stopped. The team members in charge of Chaos 2 looked questioningly at their remote control, which seemed to be broken. Hypnodisc's team did the same. Neither party could get their robot moving. As Hypnodisc and Chaos 2 stood in the middle of the arena, staring at each other, there was a silent, pregnant pause that seemed to last an eternity. Then, slowly, the robots accelerated, getting closer and closer until they were almost touching. They paused again, centimetres away from one another, inhaling each other's oils. Chaos 2 gently raised its flipper, revealing its warm insides to Hypnodisc, who gently inserted its large circular disc and softly started to spin. Chaos 2's flipper shuddered with pleasure as it secreted engine oil all over Hypnodisc's rectangular body. There was nothing mechanical about their lovemaking. Chaos 2 reversed out and flipped Hypnodisc passionately onto its back and drove tenderly across the undersides of Hypnodisc's carbon fibre chassis. The rubber of their wheels locked and touched... the The rubber of their wheels touched and locked them in an embrace. 
Hypnodisc engaged its spinning disc against the floor of the battle arena, which twirled the two robots around in circles, their metallic entwined bodies reflecting the bright studio lights like a horny disco ball. While this was happening, the entire studio audience had begun to file out of the building as they just heard news that the blackened sky's sulfurous clouds were beginning to part, meaning they'd see the sun for the first time in six months. Again, two into the 2044. (laughs) But while the crowd had no interest in the lusty turn of events, the house robots spurred into action and formed a ring around the competitors, watching curiously and hornily. Sir Killalot opened and closed its turgid pincers. <laughs> Dead metal revved its saw, causing its whole body to vibrate lasciviously. <laughs> Sergeant Bash's flamethrower started spurting flames unintentionally. Soon they were all involved, wheel against wheel, chassis against chassis, a tangled web of saws, pincers and self-writing mechanisms... <laughs> An orgasmic whir of motors and flames in the centre of the abandoned studio, accelerating and rotating passionately until all of their oils were spent and their batteries were exhausted. It was a sordid and debauched debacle. Craig Giles, who had been faithfully commentating the whole event... (laughs) ..threw up in his lap. But again, that could have been the drugs. After a lot of deliberation, the judges were unable to come to a unanimous decision as to who won. In the end, they decided that both robots should be disqualified, as instead of fighting to the death, they had uh, decided to gain sentience and experience love. (laughs) Not the Hypnodisc and Chaos 2 cared, as they descended down into the pit, together in each other's wheels, dreaming of the end of Robot Wars. Sorry? Uh, Thanks very much. Thank you, David. And if you want to contact David and tell him which robots you think should bang, you can do so on Twitter at Big David McIver. Up next, we have comedian and improviser Chaz Redhead with some corporate fan fiction about Pokemon. Hey, thank you guys. So when I was first asked to do this night, I was thinking about not just the stuff that I was into when I was younger, but the stuff that actually gave me the impetus to write. I was super into Star Wars when I was a kid. It was one of the few things me and my sister had in common, and now she gets nerdy about different things like Formula One and BTS. And sort of to prove uh, how big a Star Wars fans we were, we would quote Attack of the Clones to each other. <laughs> because only fake fans would quote the original trilogy. <laughs> But it didn't encourage me to write, and I had to go all the way back to when I first started secondary school, and the two interests that brought me together, and two very disparate interests uh, for a 10-year-old. On one side, you had that legendary Game Boy game, Pokemon Red, and on the other side, you had the comedy of Bob Newhart. (laughs) Now... I don't know if you're familiar with Bob Newhart. He was sort of a one-man sketch thing where he played like the straight man in all of the sketches. Thanks to this combination of things, I I was into Pokemon for years and years, and then combining it with my love of Bob Newhart was when I started seeing things in a sort of observational comedy way and led me to writing my first comedy sketch, 
which was a Bob Newhart-style comedy sketch in the universe of Pokemon Red. And weirdly, because I'd moved house recently, I was cleaning out a box of stuff, and I found my exercise books, and this sketch was in there. So I typed it up, and I did a little bit of polish on it, uh, but not too much... <laughs> not too much polish, but I did a little bit of polish on it. Uh, so in this, I, I'm playing Giovanni, the leader of Team Rocket, and here is the vaguely Bob Newhart-esque sketch. Uh, all right, team, gather around, gather around. Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah good. No, nice and close. Nice and close, yeah. yeah. Now, you all have come to me with some concerns, and I'd love to address them point by point, if you will. Uh, I'd consider myself a very hands-on type of boss, and uh, I'm more than happy to roll up my sleeves and send an army of goons and monsters to attack 10-year-old boys. So, anyway, okay. All right. Uh, point one, general security. Uh, now, what you see as a management problem, I see as a staffing problem. If we had more guards on duty, you wouldn't need to look in more than one direction. <laughs> I'm trying to make things easier for you. Just one room or corridor to guard is, uh, makes for a pretty simple shift. And it's hard to say that work is boring when you have a literal monster in a ball. <laughs> yeah. And besides, you all got free giant exclamation marks to hold over your heads. Yeah. That's fun. That's fun, right? right? Yeah, yeah, no, well, yeah. Well, I know that slows you down. Well, I don't see how going first would give you an advantage. <laughs> Quite frankly, if you can't defeat a 10-year-old boy, turn order is not the issue. Yeah. I'm sorry? My fight with the boy. We're not here to talk about fighting, guys. Uh, we, we, we just need to keep realistic, actionable points, okay? Point two, ghost attacks. Um, now, I know that some people have been spreading rumors that they were attacked by ghosts in Lavender Town. <laughs> I get it. Up in a spooky tower. Uh, gravestones everywhere. Yeah. It's very easy to let your imagination wander away with you. But Pokemon ghosts don't exist. Yes? Well, obviously ghost Pokemon exist. <laughs> we all have Pokedexes, Trish. What I'm saying is, they were ghosts already. No, I don't think I'm arguing semantics. I'm merely saying the thing means a different thing. And as for the sylph scope, you know, I kept that on me as a joke. It doesn't let me see ghosts. That's why I left it behind. Yes, after I lost a fight. With who? L let's try and keep on track, everybody. If we could, yeah, just, okay. Uh, point three, Mewtwo nearly destroyed the world. I knew this would come up. I really did. Uh, right. Guys, what good is a leadership without ambition? You know what I mean? Like, nobody could have foreseen creating an absurdly powerful creature and retroactively attempting to bend it to my will would backfire. When has that ever happened before? Uh, yeah, well, that's a book. So. <laughs> and besides, everything worked out fine. How do you know I wasn't there? I could have been there. Well, now I don't want to say whether or not I was there. No, I'm not getting pissy, Barbara. I'm just incredibly annoyed. I am going to stay here. I'm not going to make everything go black, and when the light returns, I'll be gone. Right? <laughs> I've never done that before, once. Twice. Anyway, I mean, moving on. Anyway, uh, point four, the gym. I've heard a lot of complaints about this one. All right, guys, the kid would have made it to Pewter City whether I'd been in the gym or not, okay? A substitute gym leader would have, wouldn't have gotten the job done. Besides, I don't like people being in there when I'm away. Yes, I've got the only key. Safety first. 
Ah, well, <laughs> there we go. Finally, a positive response. Yeah, it does make sense to lock things up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's definitely less dumb than hiding a switch behind a poster. I, I, yeah, I see what you've done. Yeah. Okay. We're still angry about the game corner? Yeah, okay. I made that architectural choice and I stand by it. Guys, all right. Anyway, back to the gym. Um, I don't think picking a Pokemon type would have helped. And I'm not going to apologize for being the only multi-type accepting gym in the world. Should have given me a goddamn medal. Bunch of racist pricks everywhere else in the world. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Well, if the Elite Four do it too, that's their problem. Dennis, if you love the Elite Four so much, why don't you just go fight them? You want to be the very best? Yeah, that's what I thought. Also, as a brief aside, you guys know you can have other Pokemon, right? I didn't put a snakes and gas balls only rule in place. We need to strike fear into the hearts of our enemies, and everyone east of Route 23 has an Arbok. I know it's at the end of the poker rap, Jason. How is that even relevant? How is that? Use a Kangaskhan. They're cool. They are cool. They are. I'm not going into this. Anyway, moving on. Uh, part five, the general plan. Guys, what's the issue here? We steal Pokemon to help our schemes. <laughs> what schemes? Well, I can't tell you all the schemes. But for example, uh, the game corner, that was lucrative. And the attack on Silphco, because I needed the Master Ball. Because I wanted it, Greg. <laughs> Yes, taking over a building is a perfectly reasonable thing to do for a criminal organization. We're criminals. No, it doesn't make us terrorists. It makes us ambitious. <laughs> and as for questions about stealing Pokemon, we need Pokemon. You know, it's not like they're just walking around in tall grass everywhere, are they? <laughs> they are. 100% walking around in tall grass. Everywhere in tall grass. Okay. Well, in that case... Uh, in that case, all I have to say is, oh, the lights have gone out. What could have happened? Oh. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. So, uh, Chaz has been running a really excellent quiz every Saturday night on Twitch. Uh, it's really been helping a lot of people during the quarantine times. So, you can follow him at Chazza Red, which is C H A Z Z A R E D, and join in. 
So far, I have won no times, but I have laughed much times. Guys, guys, you know who's great? Batman. He's a man, he's a bat, he is Batman. It's Batman, guys. A sketch about Batman. Master Wayne, it's good to have you back. If you don't mind me asking, sir, it's been seven years. After what happened to my parents, I decided I had to fight my fears. So I trained with the League of Shadows, led by Ras Al Ghul. But things turned. They wanted to teach me that killing was necessary. And to demonstrate it, they insisted I took the life of an innocent man. And did you, Master Wayne? Of course not. Kicked a flaming torch, set fire to the temple, and left Ras to be crushed by the falling debris. Right. So, you did kill a man? Yes, but a bad one. And you did this to prove that killing was unnecessary? I had no choice. So, killing is necessary? No. It's never necessary. Didn't you just hear my story? Okay, that's why I didn't take the innocent man's life. I know you're like 80 or something, but but keep up. Of course, Master White. So, you innocent man escaped? Yes, maybe. Come again? After you set fire to the temple, the innocent man you chose to spare, he escaped unharmed? Probably. Probably? Yeah. Yeah, he he probably got away. I mean, the fire might have just gone around him. I don't don't know. I'm, I'm not a fire professor. That's not a thing, Master White. Fine. There is a chance he burnt to death. Along with the other ninjas training there. But they were also all bad guys. Are you sure? 90%. 90? Okay, 80. Maybe 60. We didn't really chat. I mean, they kept having secret meetings. I reckon it was a book club they'd not invited me to. (laughs) Well, joke's on them, Alfred, because I have read loads of books. So you tried to prove that killing was unnecessary by burning to death some ninjas and an entirely innocent man who would have died in horrific pain after you set him on fire. Alfred? Yes, Master Wayne? I blocked the toilet in the West Wing bathroom. Go fish it out. Certainly, Master Wayne. Thank you very much to John Broke and Charlie Kemp for performing that sketch and Steve Dawson for writing it. It's very funny. Finally on this episode, we have Idol Sukun, who is basically our resident Star Trek fan fiction expert. Oh, get into character. <laughs> this, this is part of a character. <laughs> My name is um, Lieutenant Commander Steph Sassoon. And um, sorry, it's been a while since I've um, spoken in, in public. I, um, I was uh, leading a mining expedition, expedition in the Dilithium mines of the Rigel system of the neutral zone. It's very specifically next generation. Um, Yes, so just keep up. Um, Just as um, we were uh, beaming back up to the ship, um, my matching command 
burgundy mining hat uh, fell off in the lunar winds. It's the, de- it's the details that makes it. Um, I bent over to pick it, to pick it up. And it turns out transporter beaming rules are very similar to the Stargate universe. And I didn't know that. Um, you gotta stay inside the beam. You gotta stay inside everyone. I mean, you, you can do it. You can get it right. You can take the whole person. But uh, Chief Miles O'Brien, he was so young then. He was so slim. And uh, he, he missed it. I, I don't have a head. That's the premise of the sketch. In... Thank you. In the, it, so the pattern buffer uh, automatically rearranged my matrix and placed my brain in my boob. Uh, so I'm just a body uh, with a neck stem. It's just a cauterized neck and uh, my rank pips on my collar, and then it's just a vacuum of space. Um, Starfleet organized physiotherapy. (laughs) But uh, since I was uh, literally decapitated, it's never been the same. Dating! Dating is difficult. Thank you for asking. It's hard to convince a cute terraformer to kiss a cauterized neck. You know, however you dress it up. Uh, I tried a rough. In, in the matching commands, Burgundy. Shit idea. Um, I mean, ultimately, you still have to suck on an exposed esophagus. Um, and it's, uh, it's just wind, isn't it? It's, uh, it just ruins the mood. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's just an open tube of air. It's like looking down an open sewer. Uh, it, like when someone's knocked the man cover off, it's like you go to a music festival and you make the terrible mistake of looking through the toilet at what's below. Oh, there's a joke. There's a joke here. Never go to the toilets in latitude. Sorry, I mean space latitude. So... So, like, X-axis. No, it deserves more than that. It's longitude and latitude and then the X-axis. It's lost on you. Um, I've, um, I've, I've since met other officers. 
uh, who Chief O'Brien had horrifically mutilated. Uh, one counselor I know is just a basket of knees. Um, and uh, I, an ensign, uh, I know an ensign who's entirely inside his own stomach. Uh, he likes being carted to the Parisian Square's courts and just feeling the vibrations. He is a xenobiologist, is the details. It's, uh, he asked me out once. You know, the sex was great. Uh, and it's uh, mainly because since the accident, I have dramatically lowered my standards. <laughs> There's sometimes air uh, gets uh, trapped and uh, I fart. Um, and it's uh, wetter. It's wetter than a fart. It's like a queef. It's like a neck queef. <laughs> Like like a neef. That's a horrific word. So what is left for an extem in the infinity of space? I just need to keep a brave face on. Ah, it's just a little transporter accident humor. I have more. Keep a stiff upper lip. Look on the bright side. I can't look. I don't have any eyes. And turn the other cheek. <laughs> so you need someone who's, you know, can work. The next stem very proficiently with their tongue. Um, and I know that this is a very nice reference just for people who watch Voyager. <laughs> but Harry Kim and I are very happy together. He plays the clarinet. Um, yeah, now you're getting it. Uh, but you know what? 45 minutes of Harry Kim sucking persistently at a decapitated body would still not be the worst episodes of Voyager. <laughs> Thank you very much, everyone. Oh, that was great, wasn't it? Some real deep references there. I really appreciated it. You can follow Idle on Twitter at IdleSukan. And uh, just tell her what your favourite red shirt death is. I think she'd enjoy that. Thank you to all our performers uh, for being amazing. I hope you guys are doing good. My pop culture recommendation of this week is Giant Drag. It's a really good comic book. I've only just started reading it and already I'm completely hooked. Follow me on Twitter at Ellen Starbuck or my co-producer and tech wizard Steve Dawson at S. Dawson Bross. Uh, and you should also listen to him on his brilliant mockumentary podcast, Mind Canyon. <laughs> <laughs>